Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have got a show for you today. So I am your host, Dr. B, and with me, my co-host, Ace. Ace, how are you doing today? Wonderful, Dr. B. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm, I'm having a wonderful day, so, you know, it's uh, I'm good to go. Oh, spectacular. I love the energy, and I hope our audience is going to be very excited. And just before we jump into today's show, uh, for all our listeners, uh, if you're right here on Anchor, I want you to scroll down to the bottom, and we have plenty of links there to Stitcher, Spotify, um, we're getting a YouTube channel in the works coming up. We've got a Facebook, you know, explore those links. We'd love to have you join our community. We'd love your feedback. We'd love the engagement. And of course, you know, if you're having a lot of fun engaging all those links, we'd be happy for you to come on the show and talk to you about, you know, really anything. And of course, uh, if you have anything to say about today's topic, we'd love to have you on. Uh, but for today's topic, resumes uh, and interviews, getting that dream job, is, is it good to lie on your resume? So I'm sure for many people out there, they found that dream job they maybe wanted or they're just tired of the job they're currently in and they really want that escape. And But then, you know, every job they apply to no one's calling back or you end up getting a few callbacks. You go to the interview and then all of a sudden they're just running through resume. Hey, we noticed you weren't working at this point in time. Can you explain this gap in your resume? Or like, well, how is this experience relevant to the job you're applying to? You know, I'm sure most of our audiences ran into that. Uh, I certainly have. And of course, Ace has as well, but Ace really woke me up to, you know, how to modify my resume to make it more attractive to employers. So in my opinion, and, you know, and I believe Ace's as well, is that, and, and I'm going to be bold here. I think, yes, you should bullshit on your resume. You should lie. But we'll get right into that. But just to make sure, uh, you know, Ace and I are on a similar page. Ace, how do you feel about resumes and interviews? And is it a good idea to, you know, fabricate or, you know, exaggerate a little? Well, first off, Dr. B, you know, we're always on the same page. We might be on a different <laughs> sentence, but we're always on the same page. Um, I think, okay, so here's the thing. I, I know a lot of people out there are going to think, well, you guys are full of shit. Like, you know, they're, they're liars, but <laughs> here's the thing. So, so here's the thing. Um, a lie is very different than what you choose to be while you're at work. I'm going to give you a good example. Um, so I used to work for a company where, um, I was what they call, well, I can't really say the name because it's unique to that company, but it was, it was a, a weird name where all I really did was replenish paper, right? I, I, I brought paper that was printed out um, because we made books, right? We made books and, and, and we'd had large printers that um, printed out paper. And all I really did was take the paper to, um, to the, to the girls and guys that were cutting the paper. And then, you know, then I take it after it was cut to somebody else. So I was basically, um, in the, in, in the nicer terminology, I guess I was somebody's, uh, lap dog. I was a company's, uh, I don't want to say, um, anything too offensive, but I was their, uh, their, 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 I don't know, their lap dog, I guess you can say, cause I don't want to be mean, but yeah, I was that guy. I was the sucker, right? I was just going around taking paper and taking it around. Um, I guess, you know, that position it will, is important because uh, especially when if, if there's a place where they're do, trying to make a rate, right, and they need me to hurry up and, you know, take the paper everywhere while they, they keep cutting it or doing whatever, whatever it is they're doing. Um, so it was a name. Basically, it was a replenisher, right, something of that sort. But I... I realized that I was doing more than just replenishing. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for you, for all you out there, like we, we're not telling you to lie on your resume. We're telling you to expand your vocabulary when it comes to stuff like this. For example, 
that position I was telling you about um, instead of whatever not whatever name they had, which pretty much equaled replenisher, right? Um, I put a, a bunch of fancy words in there, which was pretty much the same thing as what I was doing, but I actually value, I put more value on the name of my position um, instead of so-and-so replenisher, paper replenisher, right? Or paper distributor, whatever the the uh, the name actually was, just distributing paper. Um, I I put uh you know something I I I'm, I don't remember exactly exact what I put on the resume, but it was something along the lines of, um, uh, I believe it was like paper, paper and um, natural resources technician or something of that sort. Um, which that's what I was, you know, like I would pretty much redistribute the trees that were now paper around the damn facility. And, you know, it sounded better. Um, a lot of the employers, um, through my experience, a lot of employers, they really just put the label out there because that's what, you know, corporate does, but corporate most of the time doesn't know Jack about what's going on in the warehouses in the stores and this and that they seem to think they do. But the people that know the most is actual workers and even more so the entry level workers. Now, to most of corporate, we've all been there. Let's not lie. Um, we don't our opinion doesn't matter too much or sometimes at all, depending on what company you're in. I know a lot of these companies say you matter and, you know, you're they, they, some some warehouses and some stores and some, uh, you know, uh, job sites have these large whiteboards and they want you to put your, you know, your your thoughts in there. But. At the end of the day, we're not going to change anything that corporate wants to do anyway. Um, so my thing is, if corporate is going to call you something because of your position, and this is in a, in, a, in a very large scale, because if you're a picker or a packer or a cook, trust me, you're not the only one. There's millions of you out there. Not necessarily you, but with that title, there's millions of you out there. Now, if you want to add more value to what you did, you go in there, you go in, you go in deep and write down what you thought, what you think you really were. Like if you were in there and you were, I don't know, uh, a trainer, right? But you literally did everything in the warehouse. Boy, I would go crazy with that title. And I would put, I was, uh, you know, I was in um, Basically, wherever they needed me, I find a fancy word in the dictionary, right? Wherever they needed me, I was I was the warehouse, right? Um, all we're really telling you folks out there is not to lie on your resume, but value yourself a little bit more than what the than what your label is in your job because you're more valuable than that. That's what resumes really are. Like when you, I know there's a lot of places that tell you, hey, we'll help you, you know, write your resume and this and that. That's not even half of what your res the value of your resume really is. The value of a resume is what people see, not how they not always how they see it, not the double spacing and the columns and the you know the phone numbers and this and that. No, it's the titles. You know, it's the titles. It's what the duties is probably um, the duties in the in the position titles are probably the most important things that an employer sees when they look at your resume. Right. And then after that is pretty much the gaps. Now, with the gaps, that's probably a whole nother conversation that I can talk to you all about. But as far as that, Dr. B, like I think most people out there, society tells them to go to school because it benefits society. Society tells them that they need their education because obviously, you know, the elites get paid, the schools get paid, the banks get paid. Um, but they don't really teach people how to how to revalue themselves on a, on a normal, you know, on a norm. I think they, they just give us titles and um, they want us to put those titles on a resume and hope for the best. Right. Um, and that's wrong. Like if, if you really value yourself and you're confident, I think you can pretty much get any position even without schooling. That's just me through my experience, but I don't know, Dr. B, what do you, what do you think about that whole ordeal? Absolutely. I think Ace touched on something very important because of these titles. In a way, it really restricts, you know, wherever you're applying to what the how that company views you. So say you worked at three different companies uh, 
and you have experience in supervising, you then have experience in maybe IT and then, you know, experience in something else. And then you're applying for a position that deals with being a supervisor in IT. You know, you have the supervisor experience from one job, you have the IT experience from another job. And then, you know, from your third job, you also have some type of experience that is relevant there. But now this company then all of a sudden looks at your titles and is like, well, you're not an IT suit, you know, or something very specific. And they're like, well, you can't do it. You know, we're not going to even bother with you. So that is something to really consider because as long as you can look at a job and be like, hey, look at all the duties. I've done that, you know, some of these duties at another job, some of these duties at a different job. I can easily do this. Uh, sometimes the employers will just look at me like, well, you didn't have this specific title or something else. And that's just, you know, they might cut you for it. And it's like, well, <laughs> uh, play a little with your titles because some of these titles, these companies give sometimes are really dumb or really vague. Sometimes they make up a different term, you know, altogether <laughs> for a supervisor, manager position or, you know, something else. So, um, don't play by those rules because it'll really put you into, I guess, a very small basket and, uh, you know, you just don't want a potential employer to then look at it and be like, well, that's not quite what we're looking for. When in reality, you have all the skills and experience to do that job. Um, and on that note too, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> at, not only with just kind of expanding those titles um, and, you know, validating your skills and like, hey, can I apply this to another job? It, some other parts about applying to a job, <laughs> and I'm sure some people have gone through this, especially if you're in a very, I don't know, I mean, say you're in California or somewhere else, like a lot of these companies like to use algorithms and programs to kind of sort people out. So I'm sure some of you have applied to certain jobs and then all of a sudden it sends you to a quiz or a test or, you know, um, some pre-employment thing. And some of it deals with, I mean, there's one that's like, okay, these are the different job requirements that test you a little bit on the knowledge of the job. And some are just general, you know, work ethic stuff like, Oh, if you saw Jill steal from the register, how do you feel about this? Or what do you report to this? And there's like strongly agree, agree, neutral, disagree, and strongly disagree. But these algorithms and a lot of stuff these companies use, um, they're terrible at finding good candidates. In fact, these algorithms and, you know, these little things to test, you know, potential employees end up getting rid of the good employees. <laughs> I mean, the good potential, you know, employees. And so you just got to learn that, especially when you apply through some of those tests, you got to really, uh, you know, you just play by their book. <laughs> so if you're being upfront, honest, um, <laughs> yeah, that's going to penalize you deeply. So Ace, ha have you come across some of these different, you know, pre-employment tests and algorithms and, you know, <laughs> um, do you think uh, people should, you know, uh, when they approach these, um, you know, pre-employment tests, should they be trying to be as positive as possible <laughs> and, you know, kind of uh, play the game or do you think people should, uh, you know, go by you know, principle and be truthful, even if it might be detrimental to their potential employment? Um, well, Dr. B, um, for that question, let me look for the laugh. I'm going to try to look for the corporate laugh. <laughs> of course, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, oh, of course. You know what, uh, Dr. B, it's funny that you bring that up because, um, so I got to say, I got to say this off the bat. So whenever we come across those assessments and those self-assessments and, you know, they tell you, and I'm pretty sure every single assessment and fine print or large print says be as truthful and upfront as possible. Right. Here's the, th here's the problem with that. This is what I've, what I've, because me, I, I, we've all exaggerated or maybe lied in the past, right? We've all done it. Um, whether it was to ourselves or somebody else, I don't like lying because that kind of takes away from the truth, you know, and I'm all about reality and uh, what's real. Um, however, 
I believe that these assessments, you got one of two choices out there, people out there. You got one of two choices when it comes to these assessments. One, you're going to be as truthful as, 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 you know, as honorable, right? You, you, you have honor. I don't know. Most, you know, military folk, they, they believe in not lying and being upfront because you have honor, right? A lot of religious folk as well. Um, a lot of people that don't even belong to any community or, or group, you know, um, or if you want the job, you have to lie. That's just the bottom line. In these assessments, you have to lie because I've never met a person that I've ever worked for, uh, for longer than obviously, you know, long enough, more than a month, um, that hasn't talked about another coworker. One of the questions that I've always seen in these assessments is, have you ever had um, conflict, <laughs> right, issues, problems with any of your coworkers since you started working or in the past, whatever, you know? I'm pretty sure we've all had that guy or that girl in our job, right, that really gets on our nerves and we go and talk about them, whether it's to the manager um, whether it's to, you know, when we go home to our families, we always talk about these people. Um, and those questions made, they make me, re they made me realize a long time ago that even though I carry myself as an honor honorable person and I, I don't believe in, in lying, um, to a certain extent, obviously I exaggerate the truth sometimes, especially with the, with the, uh, what we just discussed earlier with the positions that they give me. I guess it's not really exaggerating the truth because I'm kind of just switching off my title. Um, and, you know, I, I grabbed the title that they gave me and I kind of switch it off. So it might not be lying. But anyway, um, you know, I don't believe in, in, in lying about stuff. I believe that you are who you are and that's who you should be. Um, but re with resumes and with assess assessments, it's a different story uh, because obviously, like, like I said, we just went through the whole resume thing and you have to value yourself instead of just showing other employers that you're potential that you can potentially be or work for um the um the label that everyone has given you right um you can actually um like a lot of people that are hard workers i've known a lot of people that have like a lumper they call it lumper right in the warehouse scene for example but these dudes they and girls they they do a lot for the warehouse instead of lumper you can always write down warehouse specialist. Write down something that is going to catch their eye that isn't necessarily a lie, but that you know you've done and you believe that you've done. If you've done, if you've taken over, you know, man, um, support support work or manager work when your manager wasn't there, but yet in a warehouse or in a fast food joint or even in the medical field, they say you're just an associate. Why not put you know support? I mean, if that's what you've done, um you know, put it in there. Like I said, we're not telling you to lie. We're telling you to value yourself, not overvalue yourself. Cause that's happening a lot. You know, people put themselves all the way up, you know, near the sky and they're, they're very lazy and horrible workers. But if you, you know, for the good workers out there, don't let other people devalue what you are and what you've done. And that starts with your resume because when the employers see it, uh, they will see who you are. And no matter who you really are, they don't know that. All they know is what, whatever they're reading on your resume until they call you for a meeting or, you know, most people call them interviews, but I call them meetings because that's what they are to me, meetings. Um, but that's what they see, you know, and that's why a lot of people that have even gone to school don't get the job. Um, but, you know, the whole resume thing, it's, it's, I don't think it's a lie. I think it's more valuing yourself. As far as the assessments, of course, um, you have to lie. Like, there, there's no going around it. You have to lie. Um, have you ever, have you ever, um, have you called off? How many times have you called off in the past, um, six months, right? Let's say you got COVID. Let's say, you know, you had a death in the family. Let's say your, your child got hurt or you got hurt. It doesn't ask you that. It asks you how many times have you called off? So what are you going to put? Are you going to put zero and, you know, be the, 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 the runner up for the job? Or are you going to put, or are you going to say, well, I mean, COVID I was out for 12 days, 15 days, because, you know, Anthony Fauci said so. And the California governor said so that when I tested positive, I'm, I'm have to be out for two weeks. Right. What are you going to put in the assessment? Like, what are you seriously? What are you going to put? Are you going to put uh, 12 days, 15 days? Or are you going to put zero days? Because apparently what I think is we all got COVID. We've all had COVID. Right. Um, 
So do we all put zero on the assessment when asked, or do we put 15 days? Now, that's pretty much your choice. I think the assessments are, are, they, the, they are very tricky, um, and I do believe, I honestly believe I could be wrong. Um, if, you, anybody, if any of you out there think I'm wrong, please chime in. I mean, we'd be happy to hear you out. But um, I believe that when those assessments ask you these things, you're not necessarily lying when you, when you answer, um, no, I haven't been out, but you have been out for like 15 days because they told you you tested positive. And what most of the time, it's not your choice. A lot of times when you're, you have a death in the family, the, you know, the, the assessment that won't understand that, but you do. So as far as the assessments, I think it's okay to lie. I think it's okay, maybe not to lie, but I think it's okay to not put accurate, uh, the accurate, accurate information. Cause a lot of times these reasons aren't, um, they're not yes or no, you know, answers. You have to explain the answer. You have to explain why you were out for 15 days. You have to explain why you have had conflict with a coworker. You have to explain all these things, but the assessment doesn't give you that opportunity to do so. So if you, um, if you've been out for 15 days and you put zero, zero days since you've been working since you're, you know, with your last employer, I think that's fair. That's just me though. I mean, a lot of people out there take it super, you know, super duper honest overboard, um, you know, Jesus Christ, Gandhi and mother Teresa style. Um, but that's, that's, that's also acceptable. You know, it's also acceptable. Um, I'm just saying it through my experience. Um, because a lot of times, like I said, there's no going around the yes or no answer. There's no going around the 15 days off, you know? So I think, you know, with the assessments, Dr. B, I think it is acceptable to not put it, uh, not put whatever's accurate. What I usually recommend is just put a bunch of like, be as positive and as realistic as possible, not necessarily hundred percent. And then show them, like, if you're really a good worker, show them how good you are. That, that's what matters to me. Like, if I was an employer, this assessment stuff would be, I wouldn't do it, right? Because it's stupid. It's, it's dumb. Like, you really think if, if there's a question, if a question pops up and it says, it asks people, um, have you stolen anything from your employer? What, what do you think everyone's going to say? I mean, I would be, I would be surprised if somebody said yes, but uh, if somebody said yes, that they've stolen from the employer. Uh, one of two things are happening. Either they're really high when they're doing this assessment or they just don't care, you know, because I'm sure if somebody's stolen from their employers, they're not going to say they have. And if they haven't, they're not going to say they have. So the questions are just pretty stupid to begin with. So the whole, you know, putting in all positive stuff, even if it's not 100% positive in your past experience, I think that's 100% fair. But I don't know, Dr. B, what, what do you... uh what do you uh, suggest when it comes to these, uh, these awesome assessments? Yeah, I completely agree. And so, I mean, just to clarify for our audience, as we mentioned before, you know, on your resume for your titles and, you know, kind of your experience and what skills you have, we want you to be open and honest about that because not only when you apply somewhere, you know, we want you to get the job and be successful in there. If you're lying about, you know, what you can actually do and what your skills are, and you're applying for something where you don't even have the knowledge or skill to be in there, you're kind of, you know, we don't want to, we want to set you up for success. We don't want you to lie about that and then go into a job where you actually don't know what to do. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're going to be there a few days and they're going to be like, Hey, you know what, this, this person doesn't actually know what, know anything or you know so you're we uh don't want to waste your time like that but when it comes to those assessments absolutely um you know all most of these employers what they get after you do this assessment is they get a score and i'm sure for a lot of them they can then look at the individual you know <laughs> questions um i mean i don't know since i've never looked at those but what i do know is i mean and this was a long while ago um, you know, when I was younger, uh, you know, I started off as a busser and then, you know, cause I was in food and beverage and then I applied for a banquet position. And so this was over in California. And while I was during the interview, um, the supervisor was interviewing me and she just told me, she was like, wow, yeah, she was like, well, I like you already. And, uh, you know, I, 
I just need you to follow up with the manager soon. And she was like, you were one of the ones who got the highest score on the assessment. So I know for sure, you know, they just kind of get a flat score <laughs> at least. And, you know, when I took that assessment, I was looking at a lot of questions. And I mean, before this job, I would always, you know, whenever I took the assessments, I was always honest. There would always be those questions like, are you happy? And I'm like, I'm not this, you know, super ecstatic person, but I'm not depressed. I'm not going to go jump off a bridge anytime soon. I'm just kind of right there in the middle. But, you know, I was, you know, doing those honest, sincere, you know, I was answering things honestly and sincerely. And I wasn't getting shit. I wouldn't get any calls, anything. <laughs> you know, the only time I got a call was from Target. And this was during, uh, you know, what was it? <laughs> um, you know, around the Black Friday, Christmas madness stuff. And that was a seasonal position. <laughs> you know, this was when I was all younger. And like, you know, I was trying to get out from, you know, working at a tire shop that I, you know, was there for, you know, <laughs> too long. But that was the only place that was calling me. And, you know, then, um, you know, that was my experience before doing assessments. And then, of course, later on when, you know, I finally got out to busing and then I was like, you know what? Uh, <laughs> it's my time to move out from here and I am going to just exaggerate on this stupid assessment. And then sure enough, you know, a place called me up <laughs> out of nowhere. And on top of that, you know, not only did did that supervisor tell me, hey, you know, that you were one of the highest scoring people. They're also, you know, they also highlighted that there were over 200 applicants. So here's the thing. There are tons of other people taking these assessments to. They get scores. And especially, I mean, that's why a lot of these employers rely on these algorithms and, you know, these programs through the assessments because, they're not going to look through hundreds of resumes, especially if you live in a big city where they're just getting hundreds, if not, you know, a thousand or so applicants. So you want the high score. Um, yeah. When you take these assessments, keep in mind too, there's still, you know, it would be one thing if you took this assessment and you got a score and they would look at your resume anyways and look at your score and then, you know, kind of, assess everything <laughs> about you from your resume your score and whatever else they don't that assessment is literally an initial you know process to sort applicants that that's it it's like do you want to get filtered out or do you want to be one of the <laughs> applicants who's going to get the resume looked at yeah it's going to be you're for sure going to have to lie on the assessment be pot you know whatever questions are asking you if you're going to be positive negative you got to be positive every time um as ace correctly pointed out too um these questions don't ask any context anything like that it's gonna you know it's just going to unfairly judge you so you got to look at thing if even if you're unsure about one of the questions you got to look at it like is <laughs> what is the employer going to want? Okay, this is how I should answer it. That's how you're going to have to answer every question. But outside of algorithms, uh, you know, and these programs, you know, assessing applicants before they even get the interview, what about on your resume when it comes to gaps in employment? Um, I mean, for me, <laughs> I'm going to have to say you're going to have to, you know, kind of lie or exaggerate on that because some of these companies, it just, I don't think it's important. <laughs> um, you, you know, if you're at a company for, I don't know, <laughs> eight months and then you have one month in between, you know, you could be doing things around the house, <laughs> taking a vacation, something else. I don't, you know, something else like, you know, these employers don't ask context either. The, these, you know, when there's a person reviewing your resume, some of them are as dumb as, you know, the computer programs looking over your assessment. They just, you know, it's a strict, like, this is good, that is bad. There's no in between. Uh, so, I mean, for me, I recommend, like, if it's your last job you, you've been at, um, it put down, you are still currently working there. 
that's going to be my recommendation. Even if it's been like a month, <laughs> a couple weeks or a month, put down you're currently working there. Any of the other jobs, <laughs> exaggerate the time. Fill in those gaps because it's so much easier. You don't want this conversation when you're in the interview because sometimes there are those obnoxious, picky managers interviewing you or especially, you know, if you're getting interviewed by the human resources department by us, you know, whether it's a strong independent woman or something else, you know, they're going to look for any minor little detail and be like, well, you were, well, explain this gap between, you know, 2017, 2018, where you, you had three weeks in between your application, you know, sometimes they're that picky. It's better if they just scan through it and be like, wow, there, there's no gaps. They're not even going to ask you anything about it. Or did, would, do you just want to deal with them, you know, trying to pick it apart and look for something? It, think of it like this. It, whether you're at a wedding or something else and you're looking down the aisle, if there is one chair, you know, straight down the aisle, um, that's a little, or one row, that's a little bit too far to the right or too far to the left. And, you know, when that photographer takes the photo, you're going to kind of notice that little detail. It's going to be like this little stain there. And that's kind of how those employers are when they notice these things when they run through, you know, someone's resume. So it's better to just put on there what they're looking for um, when it comes to, you know, th those gaps in, <laughs> in employment, because now the, it's all symmetry. That's what it is. What when you um, don't fill in those gaps, it's asymmetrical. They're like, hey, this <laughs> this side, it uh, looks nice. This side looks ugly. They're gonna notice that. But that's kind of my opinion. So, <laughs> Ace, I definitely like for you to take the floor and give us your insight. Um, do you think uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> they should? I mean, our audience out there, if they should be lying like I suggest. <laughs> for your, you know, uh, whether there's a gap in employment or how long you've been at a company. Yeah, that little stain, man, that little stain always gets them, right? Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. I know when most females take selfies and uh, I guess dudes take selfies too, but mostly females. So for you females out there, um, you know, taking photos to look cute, right? Um, do you really want some dude, some ugly some ugly guy in the background just photobombing your your one perfect picture. I doubt it. So for these uh for these um for these people for these so California, let me just say this. California is actually um a very competitive state, okay? I know for the past few months uh we've been pretty good because there's been a lot of job openings, right? Because of COVID, because of you know, un the unemployment payments and this and that, and, you know, different cases, different scenarios, but um it, it was still competitive. It's still competitive. Um, so you want to do everything in your power to actually not lie about who you are, but give yourself more worth. Um, I do believe that exaggerating, maybe not just exaggerating the truth, a little bit of that and a little bit of adding whatever you believe you, your value really is and what you believe you did in the warehouse. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, um, go back a little bit and I'm going to tell you a little something about the assessments. Cause I, I, I forgot to tell all of you this uh, little story, but I'm going to make it quick. Um, so regarding the assessments, um, I, I did once apply for a retail, um, store, right? Uh, like the, your Walmarts or targets or Kmarts can't really name any names, but you know, I, I applied for a, a retail, a, a large retailer like that. And, um, I applied to be, this is when I was super young. I applied to be a, a cart pusher, right? And this is like, there, there's really no, back then at least, right now they use their little automatic, you know, Tesla vehicles that they push the carts with. But back then you were just a cart pusher. I mean, there's really no magic or, uh, you know, um, no, um, no real requirements to be a cart pusher. Um, I mean, unless you don't have your limbs intact, right? You can push a cart. Um, so I was a super honest dude back then. I I still am, but I'm saying super honest in a way where I was very gullible, very naive. And I did, I did tell, I did see the black and white questions, the yes or no questions as uh, real questions. And I answered them accordingly to what I thought was the most honest way to answer them without any thought. And I kid you not, 
to be a cart pusher, ladies and gentlemen. I was declined, and I got sent a little postcard that says, thank you for applying at such so-and-so company, but you did not meet the qualifications. And I knew that was why, because the qualifications to be a damn cart pusher are none. Um, like I said, unless you don't have your limbs or a brain, you will be able to push a cart. They're not heavy unless you have something in them, but they're not heavy. Um, so that's why Dr. B and I tell you about, you know, the assessment, because um, it's not really lying. It's more or less, you know, putting whatever in there, the most positive stuff in there, whatever. It doesn't matter because these things, they don't, they don't. They, these questions and these assessments, they don't define you as, as a, what, the type of worker that you really are. Um, and that's why I wanted to throw that in there. Um, but as far as the, uh, the second question, Dr. B, I totally forgot. So remind me what the second question was. Oh, yeah, not a problem. There's, I mean, there's so much talk about this topic. So the question was, uh, you know, for whether there's a gap in employment or you're at a job, uh, maybe not the ideal 12 months out of the year, uh, should you kind of exaggerate those dates? Yeah, the gaps. Uh, those those are an interesting topic because uh, so at least for me, I've actually played around with, you know, filling in the the gaps. And yeah, like I said earlier, like you ladies don't want that stain or that photo bomber in the back. So want to keep it as clean as possible. Um, they don't like gaps. Employers don't like gaps. Employers don't like a lot of things, but we'll talk about that other, those other things in a bit. As far as gaps, um, I've, I've tried out different ways to um, impress the employers when it comes to those gaps. Um, I have had gaps in my past. Um, lately, well, not lately, cause I don't really have many gaps anymore, but you know, when I was younger, um, at the end, when I had a bunch of gaps, um, when I was jumping from job to job, I would just tell them that, um, I was on vacation. Um, and if it was like about, I don't know, like three months, right. I would just tell them that I was on vacation. Obviously I was, you know, job hunting and whatnot, but, um, yeah, I, I took a, my annual vacation, right. Um, that's only if there's like one gap per year though, for all you guys out there that want to put that in your resume, I would suggest not putting that if you have multiple gaps per year, uh, because that's like you taking multiple vacations and only working half of the time that you're taking the vacations. Um, so you can always do that. I mean, you, it's pretty much the truth. You know, you're taking a vacation. Not a lot of people like working. Most people want to go to the Bahamas and spend, you know, uh, travel if we had the money. Right. So work is, I think, um, a necessity nowadays because we have to eat. So a lot of people don't like it. I mean, I see it as a vacation. You take a vacation. That's one of the gaps where this is if you guys want to put this is if you want to put gaps in there. Like Dr. B said, I mean, you can kind of sort of prolong the time you've been with a company because the fact of the matter is that, I mean, if you were there, let's say you were there until June 1st, right? Um, and you move it up to June 30th. Um, I'm pretty sure that's not going to matter, right? You as a worker, if they're trying to find a good worker, I'm pretty sure 30 days of, of working there and not actually been working there doesn't matter, to be honest with you. Because it just doesn't. It really doesn't. I mean, it doesn't make you a better worker unless, of course, you've, you've been, uh, you know, reborn, right, as a worker. And you were like the sixth man, sixth man of the year, right? You went from doing nothing to doing everything in the warehouse, which I doubt that happens like that. But um, to each their own. I'm pretty sure there's people out there who frown upon this idea. But um, if you prolong it just a little bit. Um, I also say prolonging it a little bit, like like Doctor B said, is a, a good thing because um, when they when you go back ten years, most of the time it's uh you know they make you list all your employers for the past ten years. Sometimes it's five, right? Now, me personally, I don't write down when I get hired and when I get fired. Yes, I have documents, I have you know pay stubs and this and that, but 
do you really think I'm going to remember the exact date and time that I was hired from a certain company or a different company or fired or laid off or quit? I don't do it. I know a lot of people out there do take notes and they do keep record of their employment. Um, the only record I keep of my employment is basically the important stuff, the important documents and stuff like that. But it's not, it's not really, really important unless you're dealing with like legal stuff or, you know, verification of employment. Um, but as far as a resume, it's, it's not very important because it doesn't change you as a worker, whether you worked until June 1st or you put down June I don't know, 25th, 30th, it does not matter, you know? Now, here's the thing. If it does matter to all you all, all you all you folks out there um to put in, you know, the correct, let's say for example, the correct date which was June 1st rather than June 25th. You're going to be asked a lot of questions that do not matter from the employer. And whatever you tell them, that's pretty much on you. But like Dr. B said, if you keep that resume tidy with no gaps, because even if you put, um, if you prolong your time with a company on a document, just a tiny bit, I mean, don't put like you've been there 30 years after you actually quit, because that's, you know, they'll look into that. And then that's pretty much a lie in my book. But um, when you prolong it a little bit, um, just to take those gaps out of there, which don't really matter. And that's, I can't stress that enough because I know a lot of you are out there like, why would you lie? No, no, it's not lying. It's basically learning how to not go into an unnecessary battle or argument. Because if I'm a good worker and I got laid off a certain time and then I got, you know, rehired from another company 20 days later, that that's going to go more against me as a great, as a good worker with the, the, the new employer rather than um it's just a battle you don't want you know it's a battle you don't want it's an unnecessary battle and again it's not the the balance between the the um tiny bit of prolonging your time there and um you know keeping your resume tidy versus putting that gap there and you know being exact with everything it's it's kind of, it doesn't balance out. It really doesn't. Because like I said, it doesn't change you as a worker. There's a lot of things that they don't want to tell you when um you're getting hired or you're getting um, you're in a meeting or you know like I said most people call them interviews. Um there's a lot of things that they don't want to tell you and it's basically a it's pa basically a not a power battle but a a a meeting of not just trying to get to know you, but trying to ask you things that really don't really matter, you know, at the end of the day. And like I said, it's a competition. So um, a lot of people, they do, you know, prolong their time in certain companies just a tiny bit and they get the position. Um, when they get the position, they're either good workers or bad workers. That all depends on them. Right. And that's where the true test starts. Um, when you put little things here and there, you know, little stickers, little, you know, put a little bit of glitter, a little bit of this, a little bit of that on something that's not as pretty. Um, it's basically when it comes to your resume, it's basically so so you can actually get the job. Now, when you get the job, that's all up to you, like whether you want to be a good worker or not. Like Dr. B said, if you're going to lie in your resume, they will find that. Not not by looking it up or searching because managers are very busy, but by your work ethics, right? Um, the whole prolonging a little bit of, of the time you were there, that has nothing to do with you. You might have, you know, you might have uh, left earlier, you know, you might have quit earlier than expected. You might have, you know, gone out of the country for whatever reason. You might have been in legal, legal um, issues or problems. The employer doesn't care. Um as the, all they want to see is whether you had gaps or not. And if you had gaps, obviously you're not a dedicated to them. Obviously you're not a, as dedicated as most employers who've been with uh, jobs and never quit a job. Right. I think um, that's very inaccurate, but that's just the way the world works. Um, I don't know what you think about that whole stuff. Dr. B the whole like power trip that um, a lot of the hiring managers and a lot of the corporate you know, folks have, 
Um, do you think that scares a lot of people out there when it comes to like these interviews and make people nervous on purpose on purpose and, you know, make them be someone who they're not on purpose? Yeah, I do think some people definitely get scared. And um, I mean, I do want to quickly digress back to what we were just uh, talking about regarding kind of gaps and, uh, you know, employment. Um, you know, uh, as Ace pointed out too, you know, <laughs> it's just the, I mean, a lot of these things are for what, I mean, just what they want to see. And so, uh, we don't want anyone to get too caught up in that <laughs> um, because <laughs> I think a lot of these people get very intimidated when they're looking at different jobs to applying and they're, you know, we we really don't want people to be too intimidated about uh, what they think and you know, an employer is looking for or so on and so forth because a lot of these employers too, especially at these jobs, their jobs are kind of unique. Even if you have the same experience already at a different company, there's going to be different rules, different policies. They might have certain things they do and don't do that just are unique to that place. So, I mean, in general, as long as you know you have the skills to go into that job, we want you to be able to do it. But when it comes to a lot of these other things, whether it's you know a gap in your employment or an assessment or something else, you know, that's <laughs> those things don't really ma matter to you they don't you know play a role at all and <laughs> so don't <laughs> definitely d and a lot of those things are soft you know soft skills at most when uh, they do look at those things whether you're answering a question you're like well maybe i'm not the <laughs> you know when i am at work maybe i'm not someone who usually likes taking the leadership role or something else like look that's fine. But when you apply to the job, <laughs> you know, those are things, uh, you know, <laughs> don't get too hung up on and don't pay too much attention to because, you know, in the end, you know, these companies, uh, you have to keep in mind, these companies don't care about you. <laughs> they will replace you anytime. Uh, <laughs> when they're not making money or, you know, there's a new CEO or something, you know, it doesn't matter whether you've been at the company for a day or a decade, <laughs> you know, they will come around and look at anyone who's not making the numbers or, you know, productivity or rate or, you know, whatever they call it. <laughs> and, you know, when you do work for them, you know, they, they will replace you any moment. <laughs> so, you know, why would you be intimidated by, you know, about that? No, no one should be worried about, you know, these employers and, you know, what they're looking for, because, you know, in the end, to as long as you go in there to, you know, do the work that you really want to do and, you know, you have the skills for <laughs> focus on that. But, <laughs> um you know, at, at the end, don't get completely, you know, married to these companies uh, because <laughs> they will easily replace you. But things do change when you start to move up, you know, higher up in a company. Like, for example, you know, when you get into upper management or even mid-level management, you know, um, it becomes a small world. And so a lot of people know each other. They will, you know, really look into your employment. They will contact these places. Um, they will ask all the specifics. How long was this person here? You know, they will really dig around. <laughs> and so, you know, the more if if you're someone younger or starting off, you know, very small in the company, you know, most times these places aren't even going to you know, <laughs> look over your resume and they're not going to call. I mean, a lot of these aren't going to call your old, <laughs> you know, employers and be like, Hey, did so-and-so work here? And, you know, you're really not going to get that. <laughs> um, de but depends on where you're like, say, whether you're at a casino or getting up to mid-level management, higher level, management, you know, stuff like that. And then they really start to ask and call around. Um, so, <laughs> But I mean, with that in mind, it just kind of evaluate, you know, what are you applying for? 
and maybe you could have a couple resumes for that. Make one resume for some general jobs if you want to, you know, throw throw something out there and get into some different type of work starting more entry level. And then, you know, if there's a certain industry where you do have experience in, have that, you know, more professional resume. And yeah, if you consider not exaggerating or anything like that, because, you know, it's a small world, they will pick things apart. <laughs> but in the end, you know, it, when you get past, uh, you know, these obnoxious little barriers uh, when it comes to, fixing up a resume and whatnot. When you get into that interview, now it's kind of a different story because yes, a lot of these employers are going to ask about your resume and your skills and whatnot. But I think for um, generally speaking, well, during the interview, they are more, <laughs> uh, you know, trying to get to know you <laughs> will they get along with you so at this point you're kind of more selling yourself and not really your work as much but i would say that's generally speaking and it depends on you know what you're applying for so for ace <laughs> and of course our audience <laughs> you know when you go into interviews is it good to really kind of focus on you know, if you go in and they're kind of asking about you, is it good to kind of focus on, oh, these are my skills this is what I do, you know, in the work history? Or is it good to build up conversation, you know, with them, get to know them more, kind of, uh, you know, become their friend just at the table? Is, is that, um, you know, something a little more ideal uh, when it comes to interviews? Um. Well, I just got to say it, it's they're both very convenient, but it all depends on the type of person that you are, because you'll capture you'll capture more of a personal um, personal um, connection with these employers. If you get personal with them, but not too personal with them, if you're just free with your words and you're just, you know, you become close, you know, you get that connection anywhere you go. If you get a connection, that connection, I know most of you folks have had these connections with even complete strangers at the park or at Walmart or at Target or, you know, a fast food place, you know, where you just have that connection. Like you can't really explain it, but you guys click, right? I think, um, I think that to me, obviously, I mean, with that being said, obviously you still have to talk about the job. You can't just be like, Hey, you're a football fan, huh? So, you know, blah, blah, blah. Talk about football for the whole interview. You just can't do that because you literally just wasted your whole, um, the whole time you can actually tell them, what type of person that you are when it comes to work. Um, but of course, you know, the folks out there that do have this, um, this, I want to say this charm when it comes to, um, you know, getting close to the employers, even though they knew absolutely nothing about them um, in interviews. Um, these individuals already know that they have to talk about the actual job itself and ask questions about the job. So that's one thing I, I, I encourage all of you to do when you're in a meeting or an interview, um, you know, ask a lot of questions um, about the job because that makes, you know, that makes it seem at least seem if you're not being honest about the questions, but if you are, that makes it known or it makes it seem whatever the case may be that you're interested in the job and that you really want it. Um, don't be super, I mean, in my opinion, don't be super like needy when it comes to the job because that's kind of a turnoff to most people, including employers. But tell them that you're willing to, you know, work, you're willing to put in the hours, you're willing to, you know, make this pretty much your life, even if you're BSing. Um, it's all up to you. I mean, whether you want to BS or be honest about this being a career for you. Um, that's what that's what they want. You know, the employers want a person that's basically going to, you know, work for them until they die. Um, that's just the sad truth. Um, and that's if they're, that's only if they're good workers. So if they're not good workers, they don't want them there. They're just they're going to fire you if you're if you suck at working. Right. But um, but yeah, it's it's uh, I can't stress it enough. You go in there and um, you try to be personal, but not too personal with these employers. Um, obviously there's a very invisible thin line between, you know, you being professional 
and uh, personal at the same time and actually just asking people for their for their social security and their, you know, their, where, 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 where do you live boss? I mean, I'm, I want to go visit you and this and that that's, that's a little overboard. Um, there is a very thin line, but, um, as long as you get, go in there friendly, if you're a friendly person, go in there friendly, don't be nervous because that's actually not who you are. And these employers, their main job is to figure out who you are. Always remember that. So if you're faking it till you're making it, trust me and believe me, they may not know it. They may not know it. But for sure, there's red flags in their minds. Trust me, I've been in that situation. I've been a recruiter before, and there's always red flags when it comes to people who just don't seem very natural. When a person is very natural, they're very, uh, um, what's that word? They're very um, symmetrical with how they carry themselves. There's a certain pattern when it comes to people when they're not nervous, when they're not, when they're just free, when they're just themselves. There's a very very not very obvious pattern but there's when the pattern isn't there um you start questioning the person um so again i can't stress that enough for all you folks for all you younger uh ladies and gentlemen out there who are you know going to interviews and and who are about to go to interviews just remember be yourself um don't be the yourself when you're drunk or yourself with your friends there's a time and place for everything but be your be yourself in a professional way and let the uh, the employer or the 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 hiring manager recruiter let them know you know what you can bring to the table and who you really are outside of work. Um, that's another thing they love listening to. They love listening to who you are outside of work because they can pretty much predetermine if you're a good person or not. Now, if you are a not such a good person at work, I don't think uh, or outside of work, I don't think you should bring that to the table um, because you probably won't get the. Uh, the, the phone call in two weeks right um but if you um we're not, we're not perfect you know if you do have skeletons don't bring those out because um even though you want to be honest you some things are better left um uh, alone in interviews i know a lot of people including myself like before i used to talk and talk and i would pretty much uh make people hate me because um the more you tell people the more they realize that you're not like them. So if two people met by name, right, and they were just standing there to each other, they're pretty much alike, you know, until the, the good stuff starts coming out. Then you realize, man, this guy sucks. This man, this guy, this guy's not cool, man. This guy shouldn't work here. Right. But that's only because we're different. So I'm not saying don't tell them a lot. Don't talk a lot. I'm just saying pace yourself. Pace yourself in what you say, pace yourself in what you what you do, because the more differences people spot in other people, the more we I mean, sadly, the more we push away from those people because we don't agree with them. And that's something that we have to change as a society. But as far as uh, employers, they're not going to change that anytime soon. So try not to incriminate yourself. Trust me, I tell you from experience, I've been there. I've actually been uh, in interviews or meetings where. I really did want the position, so I was super happy, and I, I, t I talked a little too much, right? And uh, they realized that that's not what they wanted. Now, as a worker, I could have, I could have given them a hundred percent profit, right, uh, from one year to the next. But as a person, um, they disagreed with some of the things I, I am about. So they, they're not going to tell you because obviously, in every job, you can't discriminate. Um, a person by the way they look or the religion or whatever the case may be, so on and so forth. But I know that's why I know uh, I told them a little too much of what I've done in my life, who I was and this and that. And like I said, we all have skeletons. We all have things we regret and they don't see it that way. So I think um, the approach, Dr. B, the approach is very, very important. Your work ethic is also very important after the fact. But I think the first impression is always the best because when um, when you try to impress people on on a get go, they'll like you. Even if they see flaws in you, they'll like you. If you said something super funny when you first meet somebody, they'll think you're a funny guy. If that's the only thing you said ever said, just a really funny joke when you met somebody, every time they think about you, they'll think of that funny dude. Now, you may be a complete asshole, right? They see that funny dude, 
Now, the word a-hole, of course, it's an, it's an opinion. Um, not everybody will believe that, you know, individuals like, uh, for example, a lot of people believe that Trump is an asshole. I believe he's, he's not. I believe he's just different, you know, and a lot of people hate Donald Trump because of that. I just think he's just like me, but in a different way. You know, he's like me. He's like Dr. B, like all of you out there. But, you know, he's just a different type of us. Um, employers, however, will not see that. Employers are all business, right? So if you say something, make sure you, uh, you're yourself, but you say it in a very professional way. And they'll like that. Trust me and believe me, they will like that. Um, so as far as the question, Dr. B, I do believe that um, being personal is the best way to go. Um, but I don't recommend everyone doing it because there's a certain art to it. Um, there's a certain art as a, as a, as a hiring manager, you don't want to make friends. You want to interview potential candidates to work for your company and fill the gaps that your company has. Um, I can guarantee you most, you know, recruiters and, um, employers out there, they don't wake up every, uh, you know, the morning of the, uh, interviews or the week of the interviews every morning and say, man, I'm going to make some friends today. I guarantee you that's not what they say. But they do, however, say, oh, man, I got to get ready because I got interviews today. That's a whole other story. So the whole the whole catching them off guard with, the you know, being a, and a funny guy and, and still being professional. I think there's an art to that. I think for now, ladies and gentlemen out there who still have doubts and trouble and, you know, want to know things of how to get land a job easier. I think for now, until you get, you know, you get them, 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 uh, them interview wings. Um, I think uh, just be professional and let them know what you've done in the past and what you can bring to the to the company. But also don't make it seem like you're begging, even if you are, you know, pretty, pretty in a pretty messed up position. I think your confidence goes a long way, even if you don't know it. Um, like I said, I've been a recruiter before and I've been in management before. So I kind of sort of know how to filter people out when it comes to who they how they present themselves. I think for now, I mean, I would, I would suggest and recommend for all of you to do that. And once you start feeling comfortable with, um, you know, I mean, assuming you're going to go to other companies, once you start feeling comfortable, comfortable with yourself, then you can pretty much charm whoever you want. But I think, um, there's an art to that, Dr. B. I think there's an art to actually getting close to people without even, um, knowing them, you know? Um, but in a professional, in a professional setting, I think, it's really important to um, to be confident and to tell people what you can bring to the table, not only in your position, but outside of your position, because a lot because a lot of these companies and employers love people who go above and beyond their own position. So we all we all know we've all known those companies that we work for where there's a lot of lazy people. Right. If not a lot, there's there's going to be some and employers can't just fire some of these people like that, even though they'd want to. So when you tell them, you know, the things you can do and the things that you've done, you're painting pretty pictures in their heads, telling them that you can pretty much take over um, anything that they need you to take over, even if somebody else is doing it. Now that's a whole nother topic. I wanted to bring that up, but that's, this is a whole nother topic. Um, you also have to be careful on what you do because a lot of these companies and employers, they don't know that you're burning yourself out. Sometimes you don't even know yourself. Your body is the only one that knows it. You start getting sick, right? And you start feeling, you start getting headaches, and you don't even know why. Well, I mean, your body's telling you that you're overworking yourself. But again, that's a whole other uh, topic. Don't do that. I mean, that above everything else, don't do that because that's your health. Don't put, you can tell them you, you'll go above and beyond, but know yourself and know your body, know your, your, your own mentality because I rather, me personally, I rather be physically tired than mentally tired because that is draining um, and that will affect you And um, when you go above and beyond and you try to do everything. I know a lot of places like warehouses and stuff, they'll do that. They'll, they'll pretty much cross train you and make you do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, you're, you're still just an entry level worker, right? Um, so be careful out there. Um, I'm not telling you don't put your all in. I'm just telling you, don't put more than that in because they can pretty much replace you if they want to, but you can't replace yourself. 
No, thank you for dropping all that wisdom. That was, you know, your rants are always welcome. <laughs> you always give a lot of great insight, and I'm sure our, our audience appreciates that greatly. So, of course, uh, just to uh, leave our audience with a little something, just in review, <laughs> just focus on, you know, is this the job I want? Do I have the skills for it? And if yes, a lot of that other stuff, it's just all noise. It's all, you know, a lot of garbage. And a lot of that there is just for them to quickly sort people out. Don't put, you know, all this effort and, you know, all this headache into it when, you know, you still have all these other, you know, hoops to jump through, whether it's the interview and so on and so forth. But of course, you know, the... We have a lot of other topics, and we'll save those topics for another day. Uh, but with that being said, of course, we got all these special links down below. If you really enjoyed today's episode, please go ahead, comment, uh, leave us a message. You're always welcome onto the show. We want to hear what you have to say because, of course, this show is all about getting ideas out there because – you matter, your ideas matter, and this show will be nothing without our audience, and we definitely need to get our audience on here just to make things a little more lively, because I'm sure some of our audience probably disagrees with us, and that is, you know, more than okay. We definitely want to have your insight, because maybe, maybe we're missing something here, so definitely message us, share <laughs> share this episode with friends, family, so on and so forth. And we'll love to catch you next time. Have a good night.